Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we talk about pop culture media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Batman. Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, tell a friend. Uh, specifically, check out our... I'm, I've got something in my throat going on right now. <coughs> it's your toffee. It was poisoned. Aha! <laughs> no, uh, check out our Facebook. I timed it perfectly. That, that was impeccable. Uh, no, check out our Facebook. We got one of those it's uh just us losers we occasionally post things down there you know what else we occasionally post on what's that instagram you know what else we were supposed to post on instagram i fucking stack of comic books i've thought about it i did it i've thought about it about a half dozen times this past (laughs) week i did i did make a list of the movies from each year that i want to watch Uh um and so i'm gonna just announce that right now um just you know, okay. put it out there. Uh, 2010 poetry, 2011 the raid, 2012 Amour, 2013 uh, Dallas Buyers Club. Club. You haven't seen that? No. Fuck. I think I've seen it. Okay. I've seen the end of it. All right. Uh, 2014 Birdman, which I know I'm missing out. Uh-huh. Um, 2015 Room, 2016. I'm kind of actually between two. Uh, Tony Erdman, which is a German comedy that's supposed to be really good, and Hunt for the Wilder People, which I still haven't seen because I'm a disappointment to myself and the human race. Uh, 2017, there's a bunch that I want to see, but I'm going to go with Phantom Thread. 2018, um, again, there's a bunch that I want to see, but I'm going to go with If Beale Street Could Talk because it's got Regina King from... Watchmen series that I'm now very behind on. Oh, we're so far behind. Uh, And then 2019, I'm going to go with Parasite. I just had this really sticky feeling that I didn't start recording. I did. Good. All right. You're more on top of things. Yeah. Um, And yes, I will. You you should text me, but I'll post a picture of those comics. Yeah. It it. it will happen. Have you made any progress? Yes. Good. What you been up to? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Well, I finished volume one of Nightfall and I'm about five or six issues into volume two. Okay. Get it a little better? Oh, it's a slog. Is it? The start of volume two is so bad. What's uh what's happened so far? Um so two is just kind of John Paul Valley setting out on his own. He's sort of discovering some things about his past and okay. his self, but he's also fighting just villains like the the there's the two gunslinging brothers that are like cowboys. Oh god. Yeah. I don't even know their names. I I don't remember. They come up again at some point, like in yeah. a different storyline, but just no one gives a shit. Yeah. They send all the C all the all the Z listers at it. Yep. Um yeah, the Tally Man, which I like the characterization of him, but uh-huh. like that's a minor character. Oh right yeah. There. Yeah. Um and then he's going up against right now, um can't remember his name, Necros or something, the like armored super assassin. Armored super assassin. I mean, there's like 90 of those. I know. Uh, Necros? Argus? No. Not Argus. Argus is a Flash character. Yeah. Uh, I'm really not sure. Anyway. Um, He's doing that. He's, yeah, he's doing that. Uh, Let's see. I have watched a couple of movies, finally, for like the first time all year. Uh Um, One I forgot to mention last time was Booksmart. Which uh, me and Hannah watched because it's on it's on Hulu now. Two British people, that, two British girls, little girls, right? That's that one. They're not British. Are they not British? No. Oh, they I'm fucking a, just a. I'm mixing her up with Rebel Wilson. Ah, uh, she seems she's, like an American Rebel Wilson. She's Australian. Is she Australian? Rebel Wilson. 
Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like Rebel Wilson very much. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of her. I keep seeing all these like E Harmony ads with her, and I'm like, I'm uncomfy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just I don't find her very funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Uh. Booksmart. It's um. It's really fun watch. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's funny and it's well made and it comes back and hits you with some emotional blows that you're not really expecting but it's like it's a great coming of age story um it's just over the top enough to be a really hilarious ride except it occasionally there's like one or two scenes where it just goes a step above where it should Uh um there's a drug sequence where a couple of characters think they're barbie dolls and it's like stop motion with actual dolls and you can see that working Mm -hmm. like if I just describe it, but it's just a little weird in the movie. Yeah. Um, just a little too hyper reality. Hmm. Although the payoff is funny. Okay. Um, it's got Billy Lord in it and she's ah, like very, her. very good in this. Very funny. Mm-hmm. Good. Like side character. Um, it doesn't hold up as well as I would like to just kind of thinking back on what happened in it. Mm-hmm. Just, there's a couple of emotional beats that feel false and a couple of plot beats um but just generally it's a very good very funny very enjoyable movie yeah with some you know reasonably good stuff to say yeah um cool yeah and then i saw knives out hey hey okay should we do another spoiler like a little bit of spoilers um let me do just some very quick non-spoiler okay. thoughts and then we'll spoil it i loved it i yeah. i thought it was really fantastic it's a you know like it's a well put together mystery and it it fits all the pieces together really nicely and satisfyingly yeah. and it, it does some interesting things with the structure yep. but i really loved all like the satirical elements and of like of modern society yeah and just like, like the influencer stuff the, well yeah and like the um just the the rich family's sort of condescension like they yeah. want to feel like they're helping her but they can't get which country her family's from right i loved that bit that was great the moment it was this i caught it the second like the, yeah uh, this, the, the first time they messed it up and i yep. was just like is this gonna be a recurring bit in every single person yep says the thing. oh it's fantastic did one of them say uganda no uruguay uruguay oh, okay um all of them were plausible except probably brazil yeah um it was that was that was a really funny bit. That was that was funny. One um, of my favorite kind of recurring bits was the was between the um the neo Nazi and the like the neo Nazi kid <laughs> and the social justice warrior girl. Like I just loved the satirize extreme everything in our society. Right. Like every like you can kind of group everyone in our society now, and at least American society, into one of those people, and I really liked it. I think you can. I think you can group 50% of the people that are the most vocal on Twitter into one of those two categories, but that's a... That's I think a, everyone, everyone... That's like 50% of 5% of I mean, 5% also, of the population. I mean, you also... I'm coming at this from a data analytics perspective where, I mean, not a perfect match, but like pretty close. Nah. Yeah. Nah, so. you underestimate people. I that's mean, kind of the whole point of the movie. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying like there, like there are they all of the characters are extreme attributes of something that everybody has. Yeah, like I'm a bit of an asshole sometimes. Yeah, so maybe I'm Chris Evans, except not that much <laughs> of an asshole. Like that's what I'm saying. Fair enough. And like I'm a little bit of a like it's actually that's 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 the thing. It's coming from a data data analytics perspective where 
all of them are elements that make a mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. just extreme elements okay so like we're all parts of them but like if you kind of if you chose for each person in real society mm-hmm. what they're most like the biggest of those was you could clump them all together mm-hmm. but also don't group people into groups yeah there you go that's a like fucking everything religion and everything is just another way to group people and turn them against each other yay <laughs> yeah and i'll i'll get more into some of the stuff that i like satire wise that's a little spoilery in just a minute here we should do an actual review would you be able to pull that off not now um yeah probably i don't know when i'm gonna have time but... okay well let's just do a really quick thing then right now yeah um, uh, spoilers for like the next all right know, fucking few minutes a couple minutes here uh Speaking, talking about the satire stuff, um, I love the scene where, like, she just found out she's won the money, and the media is kind of surrounding her house, and Michael Shannon's character comes in the back door, yeah, as she's trying to sneak out, and he's like, "Hey, look, I know this is a really tough situation. It's unfair, and look, we, I, I know about your mom, and that's that's rough. We want to help you. We want to be there for you." So we can, what we can do is we can hire the best lawyers if, if it even comes to that. And we can make sure you're taken care of because we have the resources. We know how to find these. And she just, of course, is like, wait, so you're telling me if I have the resources, I I can fix this problem. (laughs) And he's like, well, uh, (laughs) just the, the, like, we want to help you not respecting the fact that she's perfectly capable of helping herself at this point yeah um you know just a lot of stuff like that yeah. like them not treating her as a person with any agency yeah they, they were treating her as a uh a hindrance towards their goals right and i, I think i think some of them well-meaning like do genuinely want her taken care of yeah but they don't realize that she's perfectly capable of taking care of herself yeah. and owes nothing to them really yeah oh so. absolutely uh did my analogy last week makes sense i don't remember your analogy so it's like it's a it's a rectangle uh-huh. that i mean you go along it's the plot mm-hmm. and it's all the depth of the plot is mm-hmm. the thickness of the and you put a circle in the middle of it and you twist the circle okay so it's yep. not like everything's there mm-hmm. but like there's some misalignment in the middle of it it's like wait a second what and like it so kind of what I, the reason i said that is because like towards the end it does get to be your classic who done it right. revelations and everything um and at the beginning it's the classic but it's the middle that where the twist is right uh where you know who did it like immediately, right like, who theoretically yeah, did like, it immediately end of first act they reveal the end yeah and it's like okay and then it became a she's a, it, it changes her character uh-huh. of her going like oh my god i did it and everyone going like oh no and mm-hmm. uh to her being like fuck i did it i gotta keep him he's on to me and i gotta stay close right and keep him from and that was really interesting and i enjoyed watching that whole yeah time. um i think a better analogy is it's like a donut oh god but the hole it. is missing got a hole, but and the, you put the, the hole, in, hole the hole fits hole. in the donut but the donut hole has a hole in it <laughs> i love that scene daniel craig's having so much fun right now <laughs> I mean, I'm wondering if it was just, like, a a beautiful break from James Bond. Well, like, you look at the movies he's done sort of around James Bond, and it's like this. It's Logan Lucky, where he's got bleach blonde hair and a ridiculous southern accent. Yeah. He's just, he's doing stuff that's the complete opposite. He wants to just yeah. be loose and yeah. have fun. Um, so much fun. He's, he's great. Ana de Armas is fantastic. Oh, so good. Yeah. 
yeah, it, it's just so much fun. I I think that's a movie that I might buy. Yeah. Like on digital and have have it around and watch it a few times. Yeah. That's a that's a good one. Yep. Definitely worth a watch. Um, I really like the casting of Chris Evans in that role. Yeah. Because he's like coming up in Hollywood, he always kind of played the cocky jerk character. Yeah. Um, like you go back to his Fantastic Four years yeah. and, and uh, the, Scott Pilgrim. Um, what was the the one that he played an assassin? Uh, what the fuck is that called? I keep wanting to say Ball Fondlers, but that's not it. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the, there's a movie that he plays an assassin. Yeah, in. no, I know which one you're there's talking about. A funny about. scene with him like singing like "Don't Stop Believe," is it "Don't Stop Believing"? I don't remember. That's something. Yeah. Um, but then so like, but then he's he's coming to the popular consciousness as Captain America now. Yeah. So when there's the sort of the first turn where he's like, "I'm on your side." I'm going to be a little bit of a jerk about it. I'm going to take my cut, but I'm going to help you out. You yeah. kind of buy it. You kind of buy his, I had this moment of clarity. Yeah. I knew I was on my own and it felt good. Yeah. And then so when they turn it back around, it's, it's, it's great. Yep. It's fantastic. Uh, okay. Uh, I just, I also, I really want to say, I just, I love the idea of structuring one of these movies around something where someone who just is innocent and tries to do the right thing and wins because of it. Yeah, that's really that's satisfying. That's a that's a real triumph of the human spirit type mm. message right there. I like Karma. it. I like it. Yep, that was it's good. Yep. All right. Okay. Okay. Oh, I've also me and Hannah are going back through Star Wars. So we at now. Uh, we just so the order we're doing is original trilogy, Rogue One, prequels, Solo, sequels. Okay. Which is a little jumpy aroundy, but I kind of like it. Yeah. Um, so we have finished the Ridge Tridge plus Rogue One segment. Okay. Um, I talked about New Hope last time. Empire. Yeah, that's the best Star Wars movie. <laughs> After having rewatched them back to back, that's there. It's every single time you like think back on it, you're like, you know, maybe like New Hope is better. Maybe like Return is better. Mm-hmm. But then, like when you go watch, it's always an affirmation that. Empire's the best. It's always Empire. Yeah. Uh, do you know why that is, though? It's because it just wasn't George Lucas's. It's the only one that he doesn't have a, <laughs> a writing credit on. <laughs> I love... Uh, there's a guy who does a, it's a video essay on why... On, like, Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because it... What's his name? The guy who directs that one? Uh, Is it... No, it's uh, Lawrence Kasdan. Yes. Um, or is it Irving Kirshner? No, one it's of Kirshner. Them, Kasdan, okay, Kirshner wrote, Kasdan wrote. Uh, yeah, Kirshner directed, Kasdan wrote. Directed, yes, yeah. yeah. And they made, like, one of the things that he pointed out was, like, how shiny Darth Vader is in the in Empire, uh-huh. as opposed to being, like, tattered and, like, kind of smudged on his helmet in mm-hmm. New Hope. It's like, it just made, it, they made him more perfect. Right. So it's more terrifying. Right. Um. It's just, it's. Yeah. It's, it's better written. It's got. Um, as much as a lot of it is a lot slower, it's mm-hmm. got a much better pacing and sort yeah. of drive to it than New Hope does. Yep. Um, everything with Yoda on screen is an absolute gem mm-hmm. from just, you know, he's he's funny. He's a funny character in this, yeah. so they forget about that in the prequels. Because um, he's senile at that point, even though he's, if he's yeah, senile, a little he's 800 bit. years, only 20 years made him senile. Yep. Um, yeah. And just, but then like him just talking about the force, luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. 
That was a little Sean Connery, Sean Connery wasn't it? Every time. <laughs> like, the moment I knew you were going to start making a Yoda impression, I knew you couldn't do a Yoda impression. So I was curious to see where you went. And you went fucking Sean Connery. Like, I think the furthest person from Yoda, and you went for it. Uh, Frank Oz and Sean Connery are no th- nothing similar. Yep. Did you know that Frank Oz was in Knives Out? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, I did. Because <laughs> I, I saw it in the credits, I was like not even paying attention. I was like, "Oh, I didn't see it in the credits." My dad pointed it out because he knows uh, it in the movie. Okay, because he right. actually knows. <laughs> Frank Oz Frank Oz, yeah. <laughs> well, now we know. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, no. no Empire's Empire's fantastic. Um, Return is definitely the worst of the original trilogy. Not just because of the Ewoks; it's slow. I always forget that the Ewoks exist. Mm-hmm. It's it's. Rep- I think to me. If you look at if you like looking back, I always think that that Jedi is the best one mm-hmm. because I remember the cool, the, the impactful moments, like the mm-hmm. uh, the choral music over Luke just going fucking bonkers on oh, Darth Vader. Yeah, like that scene. Um, the uh, Yub Nub. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, fuck, I'm drawing immense blank oh the whole uh sarlacc pit scene yeah that's, really a, that's like. pretty good yeah um just like it's all like the little bits of everything mm-hmm. um it does have some good moments but then yeah when you go back i just the ewoks it's it's not even just the ewoks it's slow yeah and it's pretty like the writing this is where you first see the writing is bad yeah new hope it's got a nice simple story it's got some interesting world building it it can cover up enough of the just the mm-hmm. fact that George Lucas doesn't know how to write dialogue. Um, I don't like stamps. <laughs> <laughs> that's about right. Uh, yeah, it just. I want to. This is going to be such a tangential episode. Uh, really quick, I want to. I've been watching a lot of Star Wars videos, mm-hmm. and I was watching something about Rebels and highlights of Rebels and stuff like that. And someone was talking about the best animated. So there's the best. Live action lightsaber duel, which is, um, I'm gonna go having just rewatched them. I'm gonna go with Empire. Really? Yeah. Well, no, I changed my mind. Return. Okay. Well, the, the pretty well accepted one, even though it's the one of the worst movies, is Duel to Fate. Nah, you're wrong. Uh, so it's if you look into, there's a lot of really interesting stuff that actually was put. There was thought put into some of the prequel stuff. Yeah, no, and there I was know. Stuff. It's really interesting because um, have you ever researched into the, uh, the the lightsaber forms? I am aware that there are lightsaber forms. Okay, it's really interesting because they like I don't know if it was a retcon because it's a fucking flawless retcon if it is, or if it's something they actually accounted for when making the movies. Mm-hmm. Because um, so in the Duel of the Fates. Okay, first of all, Obi-Wan is the best, is the, is the master, era master of form for, don't, don't quote me on that, his, <laughs> the form that he's on, where when you, so like, he jumps down to, to Grievous, and he's like, hello there, and then Grievous, like, light, turns on his lightsabers, and mm-hmm. Obi-Wan lights his lightsaber, puts it behind him, and puts up his hand. Mm-hmm. That's the stance of that form. Okay. And he is the master of the era of that, like, he is a god of that form. Okay. And um it I can't remember what it, it what it uh what what speci- what specifically that is for. I think that one is specifically for combating 
um, laser bolts. Okay. Like, so being shot at. Because mm-hmm. um, it's a much more I, – I can't I, – I'm not knowledgeable. I'm learning it. I'm not there yet. But – in Duel of the Fates, he wasn't there yet because he was still a Padawan. Uh-huh. And what was what's interesting is he was mimicking Qui-Gon, who was, like, one of the era masters of Form 2, which is the one where it stops, where he, like, puts it, like, next to him, per- perfectly uh, vertical uh-huh. next to him. There's that one, which is a lot more in- attuned to the Force, I believe. Okay. Um, Makes sense. And so you can see in Duel of the Fates, Obi-Wan kind of puts it in front of him, but uh-huh. perfectly vertical. So it's like almost a mimicking of it. Mm-hmm. Um, then through uh, Clones and Revenge, you see him using his form and like perfecting it. And then in like Revenge, you see him have, has perfected it. Um, the So Duel of the Fates is like accepted to be the best one because... Uh, Not by me. I don't accept it. Well, when you actually do the read... I, I didn't. And then like I started learning about like all the things that mm-hmm. went into that. It's actually a fucking great... Well, I'm not. If I have to do research to understand why it's good, I'm also, not gonna. Oh, that's fair. Um, but the best animated fight was between Obi Wan and Darth Maul in Rebels. Okay. Have you seen that one? Uh, yes. So it's uh, for people who haven't seen it, I highly recommend. Just go look it up. Um, it b- summarized basically Qui Gon or, or not Qui Gon. Uh, Maul finds Obi Wan and he's like. Closer to Alec Guinness. Sounds more like Alec Guinness. It's a really interesting blend between Alec Guinness and Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're talking to him, and uh, uh, Darth Maul's like, why are you here? Like, why why are you isolating yourself? Could it be that you're protecting something? No, you're perfecting, protecting someone. And you see, and Obi-Wan's face just like, that was the line. And he mm-hmm. draws his lightsaber. And... And, like, Darth Maul, he was goading that. So he's just like, right. aha, I got it. So he draws his lightsaber. And then Obi-Wan starts with his form, like mm-hmm. his known form. And then Darth Maul does, like, a really fucking quick, uh, like, thing and then sets up his form. And then Obi-Wan moves to the form of the Qui-Gon one that you actually see him do that he does in A New Hope. Oh. So he adjusts his form. And then Darth Maul doesn't adjust his form. Uh-huh. And then Darth Maul runs, and it's three strikes, and he kills him immediately. Yep. And it's like, it's just that it, it, it's something I mentioned, like, I wanted to see Obi-Wan and the Mandalorian fight, and Obi-Wan mm-hmm. learn. It was that. Obi-Wan learned, mm-hmm. knew what to do differently, and it was a quick fucking fight. Yep. Because he is a master. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just, it's so cool, but just the, the dynamics between the two of them, like, climaxing to that. We're at, like fucking come on 23 minutes and nice. i'm taking such a tangent <laughs> no this is good this is fun stuff it's, i i want to do a full episode on star wars lore and things that are like I, I, stuff like the um the dual uh, the lightsaber forms the uh like the crystals like getting into that legend stuff because mm-hmm. it's so interesting yeah anyway anyway sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh no, I, I I love the return of Je- the Jedi final lightsaber fight. As much as the lead up to it is totally just the Empire and Luke repeating the same two lines back to each other. You will turn. No, no you will not turn me. Yeah. I'm a Jedi. You will turn. <laughs> I am the Senate. <laughs> Palpatine, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> well, we're not doing that. Oh different turning <laughs> oh <laughs> Woo-hoo. 
just the emotions they put into the fight. Yeah. Um, as much as the writing is bad, like you're saying, the, the choral music swells and Luke is just going all out. You mm-hmm. can see him swinging wild, but Vader's tired and mm-hmm. beaten down. And, ah, uh, yeah, very good. Very good. So it's good. a, it's the perfect climax to what Return of the Jedi should have been with mm-hmm. Luke kind of teetering on the edge between light and dark. Yeah. And you see a little bit of that, especially with the, the whole opening sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, like he straight up force chokes force a couple choke. of Gamorrean yeah. guards yeah. and um, it's wearing all black and mm-hmm. basically comes up with the most destructive and violent plan to get everyone out of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, all right, how can I do this in the way in such a way that everyone, including Jabba's pet monkey, dies in a horrible explosion yeah. or gets endur- learns a new meaning of pain as it's slowly digested over the course of a thousand years? Yes, that that sorry, Boba. Yep. Or Kira. Uh, whichever one. Whichever one. I'm saying it's Kira. <laughs> Hope so. Uh, yeah. But just n- not a great movie overall. Um, and then Rogue One, which is honestly better than I remember it being. And I'm pretty high on it. Oh, watch it again. At it's, some point. It's, uh, I'm going to have to watch it coming up soon because I want to watch through everything again. Yeah. It, um... You know, it, it doesn't spend a lot of time on characters and character development, but it what time it does take, it uses very effectively, I think. Um, and it gets you to care enough about these characters that mm-hmm. it matters when they start getting picked off at the end. Yep. Um, and yeah, the beginning's a little choppy, kind of jumping all over to a whole bunch of different planets. Um, there's a lot of really beautiful imagery. Uh, the... When the, the fir- Death Star first blows up the city on Jeddah, yeah. and after they escape, there's that shot from space of just, like, the explosion yeah. going up to the Death Star. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, that's pretty. Um, ben Mendelsohn's great. Mm-hmm. And then it all comes together for just an absolutely perfect climax. The whole battle on Scarif with the space battle going around, around it. Yeah. Just brilliant stuff. And just when you think it couldn't get any better, they've killed off all the main characters, and it's been a massive, exciting battle. The, I think, to me personally, the best scene in all of Star Wars. I'm not going to argue with it. <laughs> <laughs> Le- worst movie, best scene. <laughs> no, second worst movie. If you're, gonna... if you're being really unfair and really hate this movie, you can't go lower than fourth worst. I think I have convinced myself that Phantom is actually not horrible. Okay. Jake Lloyd aside, Phantom's not horrible. Like, kid acting aside. Should I better. remind you that Jar Jar exists? No. <laughs> don't. That's the same reason I don't remember that the Ewoks exist. Like, the best movie... Jar Jar's best movie is the, the original trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but barring, like, the writing... like, I think it's, like, it's not good. No, but I... I I don't know. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. But also, Solo is the worst for me. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I like Solo just fine, uh, but I recognize that a lot of people do not. Yeah. Um, we need to get fucking going. Yeah. No, Rogue One. Rogue One's phenomenal. Um, I honestly, on rewatching it, I'd put it right up there with New Hope. Like, okay, same tier. Uh, the the way I felt at the end of New Hope was the same way I felt at the end of Rogue One. Just like emotionally exhausted but exhilarated Mm -hmm. um and as much as a new hope does 
so many of the classic things that we know and love and the space battle is perfect uh the pacing's a little off and the writing is kind of george lucasy and um rogue one is certainly not perfect on either of those counts but it does both of them pretty well and it's got much more of a a a cinematic intention visually i think yeah so um yeah okay there i said it rogue one it's on par with new hope fight me yikes uh you're gonna be dead speaking of star wars i'm still caught up on mandalorian yes me too thoughts still episodic we yeah have three episodes left and i have no fucking clue what's happening i think we're just going from planet to planet great um i keep forgetting that this is a tv show on a streaming service so it's probably gonna be bad menu notwithstanding there's some bad ones in the menu that's what there i'm are saying like probably some... likely okay it's likely going to be bad yeah um i liked this last episode the the one on tatooine where they go out and try to capture oh, the assassin yeah. That felt like what the show should have been, not him yeah. lugging Baby Yoda around. Yeah, like this one, it, it, I did like the, it actually attached you to the universe. Right. I was like, oh, because that's something I'm kind of, I'm not particularly fond of the new trilogy on, mm-hmm. is that it's just a different chunk of the universe. Yeah. Like, this was the first time where they go, hey, like, this is a place that you know really, really well yeah. at a different time. Yep. Like, so, I mean, Tatooine's the thing that's kind of linked them all. It's, mm-hmm. Like, we had, I mean, Tatooine was the Luke thing, and then Tatooine was Anakin's thing. Yeah. And now there's just, like, this, like, it's Moss Eisley. I legitimately almost said, and Tatooine was Ray's thing. Just because nope. I forgot that they were just ripping it off. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was really interesting to see Moss Eisley, especially from the perspective of a bounty hunter. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, it's cool. From uh, just... from the perspective of a scum and villainy. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> scum and or villain. Scum and or villain. Something like yeah, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Uh, this one just it it felt more like the space western that we were promised. Yeah. Where they're riding out to capture the lone gunman and she tries to talk her way out of the situation and there's the trigger happy youngster and the grizzled old veteran. Yeah. Um, you know, just it it came together better. I, I want. Just... The problem that I had is that it's it's the D and D campaign that I don't like, mm-hmm. where it's just hey we're now in this new place do this one thing you kill a guy at the end moving on yeah so it did one at the very end you saw the guy the foot mm-hmm. I don't know who that is probably an Empire guy is it Boba Fett no you sure Boba Fett's dead are you sure no because Boba Fett's totally in the first episode did you not see that what. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see that no there's a reflection in the mandalorian th- in the mandalorian like encampment uh. that is fucking totally boba fett so boba fett tracks him and shows back up i don't want them to do that no because it's absolutely outshining a new star yep <laughs> and we all know that i don't like that that happens and movies have a tendency to do that yeah. Hence Lando Calrissian coming in the new movie because apparently these are the characters we have can't stand on their own. No. Yeah. So. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. Your thoughts? On. On Mandalorian. I liked this last episode. Oh, that's, that's all you In had. general, it's kind of episodic. Okay. That's all, I don't know if you're going to go anywhere in depth that. All right. Um, I think that's all I've been up to. You've been okay. up to anything else? Uh, well, it's finals week, so not really. Okay. Um, I... I watched the second episode of Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Still fucking amazing. Good. I love it. Um, season three of Dragon Prince came out. Um, 
and that's the Avatar: Last Airbender. Oh yeah. Um, re- I need to get into that. I need to get into that universe. Uh, okay. Watch Avatar: Last Airbender. That's one you should watch. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking maybe Dragon Prince is not one that you watch. Watch the background thing. Mm. Uh, but like enough that you're worried and paying attention, like the uh Letter Kenny. Yeah. Like you're still kind of paying attention because in, in between spot. Yeah. The first two seasons I watched while I was at work, like working and kind of mm-hmm. like. I did pay attention a little bit, and I got emotionally invested. And then I actually sat down to watch this season, mm-hmm. and I got bored halfway through. Yeah. So I'm I'm thinking it's a it's it's I've become too persnickety mm-hmm. um, on what I expect from everything, which is why I'm thinking I don't like as much stuff as I used to because mm-hmm. like I have very I have Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy level expectations of everything. And so you've homecome or far from home to your entire yes. movie watching experience. Everything. <laughs> Um, so I think maybe I'm being a little too harsh on just everything in general, mm-hmm. but I did that. Um, I swear I did something else recently. I'm watching a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of Star Wars YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one channel that I really don't like, but I keep getting sucked into it. That Like I'm clicking through tabs. It's just some guy that does really, really bad impressions of all the Star Wars characters, and he, like, reads through the Star Wars comics with those bad impressions. Like, Darth Vader does not sound like Darth Vader. It just sounds like a guy talking like this. Like, that's probably... Luke, to... I am your father. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's missing all of the James Earl Jonesiness. Um, In fairness, it's hard to capture the essential James Earl Jonesiness. It's impossible to capture all the essential James Earl Jonesiness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that... Uh... Pretty much it. All right. Finals week. Great. Finals week. Yep. But anyway. Anyway. News. News. Lots of trailers. Should we start yeah. with the big one or should we start with the little one? There's or should like, we start the other big one? Or the other big one. We haven't talked about James Bond yet, have we? Right. Okay. So that Or the other big one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did we talk about that last week? <laughs> nope. Uh, which big one? Should we start with the little one? Uh, Sure. I don't remember which one the little one is. I Mulan. Know. Wait, what? Yeah. There's a new Mulan trailer. The fucking, we are pausing and I'm watching that shit. All right. That's not a little one to me. I'm fucking excited. All right. Unless it's a bad trailer. It's a good trailer. Okay, good. <laughs> so we just watched the Mulan trailer. I'm fucking ready. I am hyped. <laughs> <laughs> hyped as balls. Oh my God. It. Well, first of all, I, I was, uh, Matt's certainly going to cut that out because copyright yep. infringement and yep. also that's never something fun to listen to no um but it does one of my favorite chord progression things where it just goes like minor and then back to major mm-hmm. i don't know what that is i need to find out what it is so i can put it in all of my music uh if i know what you're like talking about a, a model or modal interchange if i know what you're talking about i think i can show you later okay, cool. if you remind me yeah um so i haven't seen the animated movies mostly because of like it's one of those like doubling down on like everyone telling me I need to watch it, and I'm like, no, mm-hmm. fuck you, I'm never gonna watch it. Mm-hmm. I've pretty much done that with all Disney princess movies. Mm-hmm. Fair um, it, is this the story of the animated movie? Roughly. Roughly, okay. I mean, it's the there's bad guy shows up, uh, recruit male from every family. Her dad is old and injured, so mm-hmm. she goes dresses a boy in his place. Gotcha. Um, there's no evil sorceress okay, witch so thing. thing. That's a new thing. Or it could be from like the original Chinese epic. Because this is based on I, loosely on an original that, Chinese story. I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. Like if you're talking about you if you're talking about doing like a gritty or like not really gritty, but like 
uh, a good animated movie, a mature version, a mature version of it. You're not gonna do Lion King like that. No. You're gonna do something that's more true to the original thing. So like, right. I would like. I mean, we're we're not gonna get. It. I would like something a little closer to like the Red Riding Hood story, not like the Grim Brothers mm-hmm. monster shit, um, but like stuff like that where it's uh, like Snow White and Cinderella. Like, don't shy away from the fact that in Cinderella, the sisters chopped off their toes and their heels to try to fit in the. That's yeah. a terrifying reality that happened in that story. Yeah. Uh, but I really liked if that's something that's in the epic. Mm-hmm. I want to go back and read that. That sounds like something from classic Chinese literature, mm-hmm. just the sorceress yeah. thing. So, so that's that's really interesting. And, I, and mm-hmm. obviously, they're gonna they put the. I'm pretty sure that's the soundtrack for the. Um, I'll make a man out of you, like the classic. It I don't sounded, think I don't think they're doing any songs in this though. Well, no, not like not singing, but like the the music in the background was alluding to it. Is I that, think I it think that? so. Because it I sounded don't remember the vaguely songs. Disney. Yeah. But part of me was thinking I was singing Circle of Life at one point. So I was like, <laughs> it could just be the fact that all yeah. the music sounds the same. Yeah, could be that. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really excited for that one. Yeah. It looks good. This looks like they're doing it right. She looks like a great actress because th- there's the one thing where they're painting on her makeup. Mm-hmm. Makeup? I don't want to be culturally inappropriate. Please, someone correct me if there's a different name for that. Don't know what um, it's called. But uh, she looks so uncomfortable. Yeah. Like and it, and it's discreet too. Right. It's not, she's just like, Ugh! like she's like she's doing it because she it's her job essentially. Mm-hmm. But like she does not want to be doing it. <laughs> yeah, and so that's acting with the face. Yep, that's how you do it. I'm really excited for that movie. Yep. That was not a small one. I there was something else I remember seeing that I thought was a small one. Okay. Anyway, um, I'll try to find that one. Uh, which uh, one should we talk about next? Uh, let's do James Bond. All right. No eh. time to die. Eh. It's still going to be about time travel. Aye. I'm All calling right. it. Calling it right here. All right. There's no indication of that in the trailer, but why would they give that away in the trailer? That's a, that's Yeah, that's valid. Um, I think my opinion is fully... My opinion actually in, in, includes the people that are making the movie and how much they want to be making the movie. Mm-hmm. And since I heard that Daniel Craig would rather slash his wrist with broken glass than make another James Bond movie. That's well, that's what he said immediately after finishing the previous one when he was just exhausted. Yeah. So, but like he was not excited to do another one. Mm-hmm. Like I love Lord of the Rings. And part of that is because the cast cared so much. We well, but counterpoint, it looks like they're going kind of full old man bond here. Yeah. Someone who's, fed up and wants to be out of the life uh might we get another like through this movie well the um because she's a double o they mentioned she, she's a double yeah o. she's she's a double o um so she they could be replacing him with her mm-hmm. um and then bold move but also bold move among bold moves like doctor who and stuff like that mm-hmm. like, yeah no i mean it. yeah it, it could work um i could see him Honestly, what they might end up doing is doing like a spin-off series on her, like the 008s or 005s or uh, whatever she is. Paramount, right? Uh, yes. Paramount isn't under anything that has a streaming service right now, do they? No. Maybe a Netflix show. I mean, Netflix is going to pick up the dragon. Well, maybe they'll just do an actual TV show on the... They have an actual TV channel. They do oh, Yellow- they do. Yeah, they do Yellowstone through that, which I need to watch yeah. season two of that. Anyway, yeah. Um... Yeah, so maybe they do a spin-off based on her and then do like a reboot just set in a different universe. I think um I think time travel is just an ounce too much for James Bond. 
kind of does feel like it in retrospect. But like it. But I'm tripling but down on it. I said it. it once, and I respect it. You know, <laughs> I I have this habit where I'll make kind of outrageous predictions for things, knowing that they're usually wrong, and so I just kind of get typecast in yeah. my own life as the guy who makes outrageous predictions. But once in a while, one of those hits. Yeah. And I feel really good about myself when it does. It's your uh, your return on investment is. <laughs> it, it's enough. It's enough. Because it's it's it the. The cost of the investment diminishes pretty quickly. There's a Game Grumps thing where he's gambling. He's playing roulette on gambling, and he's mm-hmm. doing this thing where he puts all of his money on one number, mm-hmm. and it keeps missing. And like <laughs> Danny, like Aaron's doing that, and Danny's like making fun of him. He's like, you, "Why do you keep doing this? Like, you're not. It's never gonna hit." And then it hits, and it's a fucking fortress of money. <laughs> that, like, like it does this thing where like it's it. You see the stack of coins, and if you win, like it drops all of the coins like right there on top of the mm-hmm. thing and it's just a fortress of stacks of coins and he's like you're like it, it's like that uh-huh. like, when it hits it hits hard but otherwise you just look like an idiot yep <laughs> um yeah no i have no other thoughts i'm not a james bond person yeah um it's just gnarly zip that's been driving me nuts for like a week and i mm-hmm. hate it we should put it on instagram <laughs> yeah that's what people want to see <laughs> people want to don't want to see the normal shit we post on it <laughs> uh yeah right, no uh james bond um i'm a little concerned that they don't know what direction they're going with this because they kind of look like they're going for sort of a like i said a gritty old man bond yeah type thing but then like they're but they're also going a little more um campy just kind of the the stylings yeah. of it and the the car with the guns doing the spinny thing yep. that's very cool but like very classic bond kind of yep. thing so um, I'm still excited. It looks good. Rami Malek is great. I'm excited to see him as the villain. Bad time. Um, what's her face that played? Uh, it's not Monica Rambeau in in Captain Marvel, but she's in Captain Marvel. She's the friend. Monica Rambeau. No, Monica Rambeau's mom. Yeah. Don't remember her name. Monica Last Blood. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> this is apparently like oriental culture where the last name is the first name that stays. <laughs> uh yeah, no I'm I'm still excited. Um nothing in this trailer made me not want to see this movie. Yeah. I mean, I'll go see it. Yeah. It's not going to be mi- I'll make uh, it. it's not going to be Mission Impossible Fallout, but it'll yeah. be a fun one. Uh I remember the I think I figured out the small one. Uh Ghostbusters Afterlife. Nope, that's not the one I saw. Oh. Didn't know that was happening either. Old Man Ghostbusters, except it doesn't actually have the Ghostbusters. It's got Finn Wolfhard, though. Oh, hey. Stranger Things boy. Yeah. In the, pro- in the flesh. Done, he's done uh, Ghostbusters. What? Oh, yeah. I'm moving very slow. I, yeah. I don't know if I said it on air yet, but I spent the past couple hours before we started recording teaching high school students how to solve cubics and quartics and... It's hard. I don't Take remember. I didn't remember how to do that. It's yeah. it's draining. It's fun. It's really exhilarating work, but it's hard. Man, you're a nerd. Yep. Um. So you want to talk about which? Uh, you want to talk about? I want to talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife. You wanna? It's got Paul Rudd in it. Paul Rudd and Finn Wolfhard. Yeah. And it's a uh, count me in, dude. Holy shit. And it's a interesting late sequel, kind of low stakes late sequel to Ghostbusters. So not the not the bad Ghostbusters. No, the original. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So I'm intrigued. Yeah. Gonna remain just kind of cautiously intrigued right now. Okay. I think. Um, so you want to talk about the super badass woman movie or the super badass woman movie? We already talked about the super. <laughs> what? We already talked about it. 
yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he got me. Uh, which one do you want to talk about first? Uh, Black Widow came out Black first. Widow. Yep. Okay. So, damn it, this isn't what I was hoping they would do. I was well, really hoping with all the stuff they're talking about, like with the um, uh, multiverse of madness being a horror movie, quote unquote horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hoping they would do a bit different genre e approaching different genres with the new with the movies coming out uh-huh. and i was hoping this would be much more espionage but it looks like they're just going like world stake ending fighting stuff like that like with her jumping out of an airplane they're going mission impossible yeah uh, it... which hey mission impossible is good yeah but like I, I was hoping to see scarlett johansson like i know she can be a badass I also want to watch her be a highly intelligent spy. Yeah. Like, that's also part of what makes a f- people badass, mm-hmm. is being both a badass and also highly intelligent. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see that. Mm-hmm. Also, people who were offended at that the fat joke, fuck off. Come on. Come on. Grow up. Like, <sighs> I understand the Thor one, because it was a depressed depression-based one, and it did mm-hmm. kind of, like, negate the whole, like if you're depressed and you can't do anything you get you gain weight and it's bad and it's bad it's that's that was that was a little pushing it uh but this yeah. one what the fuck america stop living in such a way that you're both being offensive and offended all the time <laughs> it's just stop <laughs> i started reading uh the brothers karmazov a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. um and there's a one of the main characters the father karmazov um there's a scene where he shows up and he that's that's it yeah that's his that's his actual name in the book good no it's not i know (laughs) (laughs) i don't know but i was i was 99 sure uh but he um he goes in to meet with a monk there's uh some dispute that they have to settle um and he's like and the monk's like you know there's some people in life that they just go around and they like being offended and it, it gives them power it makes them feel good about themselves and and the father's like, you know what? Yes, I'm. I'm so sorry. I'm one of these people. I like being offended, and that's kind of just his whole character. He's kind of just a self-parody and caricature. But this is just kind of a random tangent. You better get that back here, because. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, but yes, Black no, it, looks, it looks like a lot of fun. I love David Harbor mm-hmm. um, when he's not covered in red. Oh shit. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> that joke was not planned. <laughs> Um, uh, no, best ones I, never are. Uh, it, yeah, it looks it looks like it's gonna be fun. Yep. Um, yeah. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. So. So. Did we know Maxwell Lord was gonna be involved? Yes. Okay, I forgot. <laughs> I I was like, who is this? It's a rich guy, and I was like, is that like who is it? Uh, fucking who is this? And I looked it up, and I was like, Maxwell. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Time travel. All right. This one's going to have time travel. So who's yep. Maxwell Lord? What's his deal? So Maxwell Lord is, I believe, Black King. Um, he is, so Black King is a, I could be wrong, it's a chess piece. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a thing called Checkmate. It's this whole organization, this whole secret organization called Checkmate. That's like. I'm liking this movie already. Above the pay grade of Argus. Okay. Um, and he's the one who's kind of in charge of the whole thing. Oh my god! Wow, how did I not put this together? If Gal, Gal Gadot does not snap his neck at the end of this movie, I'm going to be so pissed. Because Wonder Woman in the comics 
snaps Maxwell Lord's neck mm-hmm. on live television. I know. I watched the Mr. Sunday trailer breakdown. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> okay, so Maxwell Lord is basically the super fucking hyper rich, hyper intelligent guy. Okay. Um, and he's like uh, the he's the kind of person that when it comes to resources and abilities rivals Batman mm-hmm. with except with the exception of fighting. Mm-hmm. Um he is the one I believe responsible for taking brother eye away from Batman and turning it into a, like he was the center of the infinite crisis or not the infinite crisis, the, uh, um, um, final crisis stuff. Like, Oh, Mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of shit building up to final crisis. He was the center of all that. Um, I think, so he was looking at some weird artifact stuff, connecting him to, uh, also, by the way, when I flip shit like that, I got chills. Um, <laughs> uh, so we saw Cheetah, we saw Minerva, mm-hmm. Bar- Barbara Minerva, but we didn't see her actually being Cheetah. Right. Her suit when she was walking up or her dress looked kind of Cheetah print. Mm-hmm. What I think is going to happen is Maxwell Lord is like, uh, he's got the resources, like he's like doing like mystical stuff. Mm-hmm. It's going to be kind of a two part thing. There's going to be uh, a time travel thing. There's going to be the mystical kind of thing where he's going to get. Whatever their means, they're probably going to change what it is because uh, it's changed multiple times. Of that changes Minerva into the cheetah, mm-hmm. and I think it's she's not going to change into the cheetah. Cheetah, like she's not just going to grow fur and stuff like that. It's going to be right. a little bit different. But if you look at the scene when she's walking up the stairs, she everyone's looking at her weird, and she's like feeling kind of like left out, mm-hmm. and she's in the cheetah outfit. I think that's after something that happens where she does something as the cheetah mm-hmm. and everyone hates her now okay because uh, she's now a villain um but maybe she, she probably blacks out uh mm-hmm. so that's why she's like why is everyone like looking at me like i'm a little yeah, yeah. um so i think something's gonna happen where she blacks out does something as a cheetah possibly possibly fights wonder woman comes back to comes back to and then goes to this thing mm-hmm. this happens to be le- leopard print or cheetah print um and everyone's like, what the fuck are you? So that's my theory on that one. Okay. The time travel thing. Steve Trevor. Super young for being 60 years old, 70 years old, or 70 years late. Like, so, like, 90, 90 years old. 95. Um, there's one clip where Maxwell Lord's around, like, this mystic, like, this fucking giant machine. Mm-hmm. That's a time thing. Gotta be. Because, and I told my mom this, so, uh, see if my phone's alive enough for me to uh, bring this up. Uh, my mom texted me about it. Uh, and I kind of had to explain to her a couple, um, things about like just the, the, the world of comics and movies. So she just texted me out of nowhere. Wait, Steve isn't dead or Steve isn't dead on wonder woman 84. How? And I said, because no one stays dead in comics except Jason Todd, Bucky and, uh, Bucky and uncle Ben and Jason Todd and Bucky came back. Yep. That's a common phrase used to explain the death. That death is never permanent in media. There's a term called curing death. And it's when a franchise makes a way to bring, makes a way to bring someone back from the dead. Assuming it's not a balanced trade, life for life situation, this will re- this will ruin a franchise. Superman came back from the dead in Justice League, therefore death has no meaning in the DC movies anymore. Also, a good rule of thumb for movies and shows: if you don't see them die, you probably aren't dead. Uh, Game of Thrones is a good example. Yep. Um, we didn't see his body explode. We right. saw the explosion. Also, I didn't have a chance to actually go back and watch Wonder Woman. I happened to rewatch the back half recently. Okay. So, what's the stuff that explodes? The blue stuff. It's the gas. That they're oh, like it's poisoning. Okay, yeah. so it's just a fear gas. I know what was it? The it's the gas that they use to kill people. The one that is like so powerful it breaks down the gas masks, and they're gonna go drop it on London. Okay, so it's not any mystical stuff. I couldn't remember what no. it was. Um, 
but I think there's going to be there's there's going there's going to be something that has to do with Maxwell Lord. No, so him being a hyper intelligent person mm-hmm. knows that Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor had this thing. So he builds this time travel to pluck Steve Trevor out of the airplane at the right moment, uh-huh. uh, so it still explodes because he wants to fuck with Wonder Woman because he's a bad guy. Yeah. Um. So he's gonna do this kind of two pronged thing: mm-hmm. bring in Steve Trevor from the past, show him to her, and uh, the fact that they centered on the watch so much tells me time travel mm-hmm. because if you're like focusing that much on a watch a watch is one of those few this is just a rule of thumb for people with movies when you're watching mm-hmm. these things a watch is one of those few items in movies that basically has a very clear meaning whenever it comes up mm-hmm. like if a watch is being used time is very very important yep obviously you might say time is of the essence that <laughs> <laughs> was that so, a joke <laughs> <laughs> um, so i think that's it's a two-pronged effort to fuck with wonder woman mm-hmm. to get uh Barbara Minerva and uh, Diana Prince, I believe, in some stories, are close friends. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like they're when they're having their little. Why did I say little... I believe it? I'm literally reading the George Perez one where they are close friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm questioning myself. I haven't read in a while. Um, well, it makes them look like they're friends at the start of the trailer. Yes. They're drinking wine and chatting. Yeah. Uh, so he's gonna do that, and then he's gonna bring in Steve Trevor, and he's just gonna fuck with Wonder Woman, and he's gonna bring her to the edge. She's gonna realize that it was him, and she's gonna snap his neck at the end. Mm-hmm. That's my theory of how this movie's gonna go, based on one trailer and my knowledge of comics. I was pretty great on Shazam. Mm-hmm. I was pretty accurate on Shazam. Once we get more information, more trailer, another trailer, mm-hmm. I'll probably get a bit more specific, but that's my theory on that, and I'm sticking to it. Yep. It's more likely than your fucking time travel thing. <laughs> but they're both time travel. <laughs> So, yep. All right. I like it. That. I buy it. Yep. I'm going to go seems... back and Yeah. I'm going to go back and watch the trailer again and see if there's anything that that I can maybe pull from it a little bit more, but yeah. I'm proud of this that I did this purely from watching the trailer and no, no like I didn't watch any other breakdowns of the yeah. trailer. Um the suit that mm-hmm. she has, the gold suit. Golden eagle thing. Uh I'm pretty sure Hippolyta is going to die. Mm-hmm. And is she already dead? No. Uh Ant- Still around? Antiope. It's uh, Antiope. Did they say Antiope, Antiope in the? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was like, wait, just, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, so I think it's gonna. I think Hippolyta's gonna die, and she's gonna kind of take over, and it's gonna be like a she's moving to become the. She's now the queen of it. Okay. Because um, that gold and wings is very reminiscent of just royalty. For yeah. Themyscirans. Um. The swinging from the lightning, I am all for. Okay. It looked cheesy, but like, okay, I got a little bit of a nerdgasm from it. It's not <laughs> a thing in the comics, but it's a cool original thing uh-huh. when you realize that she is so connected to the gods mm-hmm. that like she has a thing, has a, that the lasso was made by Hephaestus and Hephaestus is literally the fucking son of Zeus and Zeus is the lightning, so it makes sense that the yeah. thing that Hephaestus made, you can swing from lightning on. I'm so proud of you. Growing up, you saw something that wasn't comic accurate, and you liked it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not something that's like she said they they said she couldn't do. Right. Also, I maybe I just haven't come across the one time that she did it. That's, yeah. There's source material all the time. Yeah. But I'm excited for this. Yeah. Um, I love the flip. That now Steve Trevor is out of touch, mm-hmm. and she's like going like, "Yes, this is the world." The trash can scene. As much as I'm done with that, the 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 trailer structure where mm-hmm. it's like the title and then a little quick joke at the end. Fucking loved it. It's a good it was joke. like art. 
Ah, that's a trash can. <laughs> Speak, speaking of art, did you see that thing where there was an art exhibit that was a banana taped to a wall, and then a performance <gasps> artist went up and ate it. ate it? It was a performance artist, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> that just... Uh... <laughs> oh, that was a weird one. <laughs> that's the... I, that's just incredibly hilarious to me. Yeah. Also, if I hear anyone say Wonder Woman 1984, I'm just going to be like, why are you putting so much effort? It's Wonder Woman 84. WW84 there. WW198, 19 and 84. <laughs> AD. <laughs> WW Anno Domini. Uh, We're at an what's hour. The, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got to wrap up. All right. Not I had... wrap up because we have the entire... We have the whole episode to do yeah. ahead of us. I have one non-trailer news I want to hit. Okay. Uh, Peter Sarsgaard has been cast in an unknown role for the Batman. Uh, it is highly likely he's doing Two-Face. Yep. Which is... That's a lot of villains. Yes. But think about the villains that we have. Penguin. Riddler. Two... We don't have Riddler yet. Oh, we don't have Riddler. Two-Face. Possibly Penguin, possibly Two-Face. Catwoman? Catwoman. So, have I told you what I would do if I wrote com- wrote Batman comics? Mm, Who was the I talking to about Psychological this? Horror? No. Oh. That's a, uh, that's the movie. I would do that's a movie. movie. Anyway. What would you do if you wrote Batman comics? I would stop focusing on Batman. So, Detective Comics back in 1980, 1970, stopped. Like, Batman disappeared for a little bit, and it focused on wo- Batwoman for a little bit. That's the mm-hmm. Batwoman would do that but what i would do i was talking to andrew um is i would actually make a long story about no it was brendan sorry (laughs) (laughs) um about the mob bosses okay and what i would do is batman would disappear and then it would be like a time jump to like four years in the future where all the mobs have kind of come together uh, have kind of like solidified their hold on their respective things because mm-hmm. brendan was talking have you seen irishman yet no i haven't seen irishman yet but brendan was talking about how there's a lot of like really interesting accuracies to the actual mob mm-hmm. brendan has ancestry in the italian mob which is it's fascinating because he knows a lot about it mm-hmm. uh, so we can actually bring him in uh to talk about something like yeah. that gosh um, i needed to watch the irishman yeah and marriage story just dropped because there's this the way he's explaining is the way the mob worked is there was several mobs and mm-hmm. but everything was based on respect you mm-hmm. wouldn't encroach on each other's mob uh in, in on each other's thing mm-hmm. and like you wouldn't encroach on each other and you would also let them let each other know when someone else was encroaching on there. They're like, hey, mm-hmm. this motherfucker over there is starting to get into your territory. Mm-hmm. Just here's a favor of letting you know. So they, yeah. and it's this respect. And I would love to see, and I, it's not going to happen, but I would love to see it. They seem to be going for the mob boss. They might get Black Mask because Black Mask is introduced, but we don't know if the um, Birds of Prey is going to be in the same universe. Could be. Mm-hmm. Um, we have black, if that was the case, we have black mask introduced. They could bring him in. I just want more excuses to see you and McGregor. Uh, <laughs> but you have these mob boss villains mm-hmm. rather than the gimmicky Joker and the Riddler and so, oh, Riddler's a mobby, uh, mob boss. Could be, Um, yeah. but that's them in Gotham. Like, so my, my, as I was mm-hmm. right, they have this like respect where they just have their areas mm-hmm. and, uh, there's more to the mob stuff of why the mob exists. And so like, it was really interesting, like deals with the, uh, with the police. So the reason the police would let the mob exist is because they were basically 
organized vigilantism mm-hmm. where, oh, hey, this guy's beating his wife. So and the police couldn't do anything because they don't have proof and like, but they don't want this guy beating his wife. Right. The mom will go in, shatter the dude's kneecaps, and then he'd show up with a diamond necklace and, and like begging for mercy at her feet, mm-hmm. like just vigilante justice. And the, that's why the police will let it happen. Mm-hmm. But Batman goes away, and then it's a time jump to like four years in the future when all the all their mobs are just kind of like doing things, and things are kind of fine. The economy is increasing, like the. And like stuff like that, and then Batman shows up, starts fucking everything up, and the economy plummets again. Mm-hmm. And it's this interesting twist on Batman's fucking everything up. Mm-hmm. Like these, like in a vacuum, these mobs would. Work. I, I don't know if this is actually working society, but like in the comic world, in a vacuum with no superheroes, these guys—they're not trying to murder everyone; they're just trying to profit. And yeah. maybe they'll do it with each other, and things will get better. Yeah, maybe they stabilize things a little bit. Yeah, and then Batman shows back up and fucks everything up. That's yep. what I would do. I would do like a full year thing where it's just like. You just learn about what the Gotham's like without Batman, and then mm-hmm. Batman shows up and ruins everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, in summary, the mafia is good, and we should all be part. Yes, but no, that's if they do Two Face and they've got uh, Penguin. I'm interested to see if that's where they could go. Yeah, because that would be that's where you'd want to go with it with what they're doing with the movie. It's like something more grounded where they stick with the mm-hmm. mob. Uh, Colin Farrell does not look like the classic Penguin, right? And that's good. Because yes. I don't want Danny DeVito in a movie that they're trying to make gritty. Right. Um, and Two-Face, th- that's an easy enough one mm-hmm. to make, like, not – I mean, even more – even less – or even more grounded than Dark Knight. Yeah. That it's not, like, fully burned off, but you, just, you can you scar do, his face. Just do the classic acid scarring. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do it acid, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, make it actually acid. Uh, I mean, and you can do the Riddler where it's just the dude that's obsessed with Riddlers that like, mm-hmm. you could do all these things, not Jim Carrey. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see where, where this goes. Yeah. I'm I very, hope it's I'm very intrigued. Yep. Um, all right. We better yeah. get on with it. Yeah. We're an hour. Okay. Uh, so Preston, what are we talking about? Batman. Right. But what are we talking about next? Oh for, like, yeah. The meat of the episode. <laughs> so this is our third part fucking finally Woo-hoo. of the our first attempt at a kind of a, an interconnected series of us evaluating series it's our series series mm-hmm. um and we're talking about lord of the rings the yep. first episode was what made the movies good second second episode or second episode was uh what made the movies mm-hmm. and this episode is what movies <laughs> that's how that joke works i was trying to put it together before you got there jump in with the punchline beep, beep. i'm so out of it right is that now. the way that the joke goes because the best way that that could have gone yep yes it is we're taking it um this is the episode where we talk about actually like the the books and yep. how the books went to the movies yep um matt's gonna carry this one yep i'm gonna drive because he's the actual one who's read the books i've read the first three chapters of uh Silmarillion and the Hobbit one time. That's a weird place to start. Got to do Hobbit first and then Lord of the Rings and then Silmarillion. Well, I read The Hobbit a long time ago and then mm-hmm. I read The Silmarillion. Tried to read The Silmarillion. Yeah, no. Do Lord of the Rings first. Okay. Cuz that's kind of the proper stepping stone order. Hobbit is it's a kid's book, it's fun to read. It's got a little bit of high-minded old-fashioned language, but it's also you know, it's just it's just a nice story. Yeah. Lord of the Rings, it gets a little high minded and there's some these and thous and oh, yeah. yees and yos and yeets and wait. Um and then Silmarillion just Did goes you say like yeats? Yep. I was looking at my phone when you said it, so like <laughs> that was the only thing I missed of that entire thing. You suck. 
I know. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Lord of the Rings is kind of in between, and Silmarillion is super mythological. It's right, like reading some of the denser chapters of the Bible. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, uh, so they read these books, and they decided to adapt them to film, and we kind of went over the bits and pieces of that story in our yeah. last episode on this. Uh, and they had to change some things, because this is a single 1,200-page book. That's a thick fucking book. Yeah. Because it is, it is one book. I guess not 1,200 pages. My edition that I'm holding here, counting the appendices, is about 1,150. I want to flip through the appendices while you talk. All right. I'm going to may need to grab it back to reference it. Okay. Places. That's why I brought it. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's a massive single book, splitting it up into the three volumes, which the book itself is divided into and published in the three volumes. Uh-huh. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, they structure it pretty differently. Um, the, so the book is split into the three volumes, fellowship towers return. Um, but each of the, so fellowship is kind of just the one long story of from start to finish Mm -hmm. Frodo and Sam, and they set out and, uh, they meet up with people in Rivendell and they go and they go through Moria and they go through Lothlorien and then they end up on the river and it ends with the breaking of the fellowship. Uh Very similar. Um, Two Towers, at that point, the Fellowship is split up. So book three, the first book of Two Towers, is The Three Hunters and Merry and Pippin's perspective. Okay. And so it does a bit of The Three Hunters trying to catch up, and then it flashes back and it's like, where were Merry and Pippin all this time? Yeah. And just does that side of the story. They go to Rohan, they have a whole battle at Helm's Deep, um, and it ends It ends with Pippin looking into the Palantir. Uh-huh. Um, because that's it, it. It ends. It ends with him and Gandalf setting out for Minas Tirith because he looked in the Palantir and tipped off Sauron. Yep. Um, book four cuts back to Frodo and Sam telling their story from the breaking of the Fellowship. So they're wandering around the Emin Mule, and they meet Gollum, and they go into the Dead Marshes, and it ends with Shelob's lair. They go through Shelob's lair okay. and come through the other side and Frodo gets stung and captured. And I think the very last line of book four of Two Towers is Frodo was alive but taken by the enemy. Um, and that's because uh, it's from Sam's perspective. Yeah. And he's like, no, he took Frodo. Um, and then book five cuts back to Aragorn and the, the hobbits and Gandalf and everyone going to Minas Tirith. Uh-huh. And they gather together to the fight. It goes all the way to the Black Gate opens where they have kind of their final battle. Then cut back to Frodo and Sam and their trek through um, uh, Mordor. And they go through Mordor and then they destroy the ring. And then everyone is brought back together for kind of the wrap up. Yep. Um, That white thing with Frodo in bed. Right. Um, Although there's a little more to the end of the story as we'll see. Cool. Uh, so yeah, they, it, it makes sense from a structural point of view to intercut those stories. That's kind of just how film works as a medium. Uh-huh. Um, and so they, I think the way they, they break it down works pretty well, just with the rhythm of the stories, um, chopping them into manageable lengths for movies, but that's already a bit of a difference. Um, just the way they do it. Uh, there's some, a few fairly major things 
that are straight up omitted from the book or uh-huh. done differently. Uh, Tom Bombadil is one that people reference yes. a lot. What do you know about Tom Bombadil? I'm going to drag you back nothing. into this. The only thing that I know, sorry, right now I'm looking for my favorite speech of all time. Um, can you guess what which one I'm yes. looking for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only thing I know about Tom Bombadil is the dig deep, uh, dig deep thing quote was said to that random tree that tried to eat Mary and Pippin. Oh yeah. Uh, the the old man will I'd, I'd reference it if about... I had the copy of the book in my hands. Well, too bad. I want to look for my fucking favorite. <laughs> yeah. Right now I'm at the mouth of Sauron or yep. the messenger, which I know you talked about and I saw that. He's yeah, he's different. He's he just a straight up normal dude. Mouth of Sauron, yep. But it doesn't call him the mouth of Sauron. Right. Um and he's just straight up a normal dude in the books. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Not this weird slobbery thing. God damn it. What's it goes from the conversation with the messenger, and then the next page is the eagles are coming. Like, what? Where's the speech? Is the speech in here? No. No. <laughs> uh, no this is the day that my my friendship my my they forsake my friendship and broke my bonds of fellow. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about good. Uh, yeah. So Tom Bombadil. Uh, so the start of the story is pretty similar. Sam and Frodo decide to set up, although instead or set off to destroy the ring. Although there's the minor omission that instead of setting off the next morning, urged by Gandalf, they wait 17 years. Whoa. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Time crunch, huh? <laughs> Cause, um, so the party is Bilbo's, uh, 111st. Yep. 111th and Frodo's 33rd, which is kind of the coming of age year, the 18 for hobbits. Okay. Um, and so they, Gandalf has his suspicions, but he goes off and does research and is kind of just keeping an eye on things, managing things, mm-hmm. um, trying to track down Gollum during this time, sending Aragorn to try to track down Gollum. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Interesting. Yeah. So they they talk about how Aragorn captures Gollum and they trap him with the Wood Elves and Legolas brings news at the Council of Elrond that he escaped from the Wood Elves because they had soft hearts and basically let him be a little too free. Oh, wow. Um, So Gandalf's kind of doing all this preparatory stuff and confirming his suspicions. And then he realizes, oh, snap, it's time to go Mm -hmm. and sends word, doesn't show up to escort them because he's captured by Saruman. Oh, and so, so is that all like the where he's like, so his oh shit time to go thing was while he was in the library. Uh, just I'm not sure what the exact context in the book is. Let me see if I can. It, it's it going to be OK. I know what chapter it is. I know where it is. But uh, basically, Frodo and Sam and them all set out, um, set out on Frodo's 50th birthday. They wait for Gandalf to show up. Gandalf does not show up um, because Gandalf has been captured and I'm, where is it? This is a long chapter. Uh, Waiting on you, Matt. I know. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Well, now I'm interested to know, like, if, if they set off from Rivendell without Gandalf. No, they set off from Hobbiton without Gandalf. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um, they're waiting for him to show up on Frodo's birthday so they can head out all together. So uh, the whole, uh, is that when they meet Strider in the comics or in the, in the, well, in the book not, too? Yeah. Not till Bree. Yeah. But like they go, they, they just kind of yeah. leave. Yeah. They leave, um, all four of them are together. Cause he says to meet them at Bree 
Does um, that happen in the book? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that scene is so most... that whole thing where they were expecting to meet him in the p- Prancing Pony, and they don't. Well, they were they were expecting him to meet them in Hobbiton, so mm-hmm. they could set off. Yep. He doesn't. Um, they get to Bree, uh, and are hoping he's there, but are not really expecting it. He's not there. They meet Strider. They go gotcha. on from there. Okay. Um, but in the meantime, so they completely omit a scene where, um, so you remember where the Black Riders chase them and they have to jump on the ferry and go across? Yeah. So they go where they to... Where they got the giant, where one of them got a giant fucking splinter up their foot? Right. Yeah. That scene. <laughs> um, so they end up in uh, uh, Brandywine Hall, which is Mary's family's ancestral home, uh, right on the border of the Old Forest. So they they spend the night there. They set out early the next morning to go through the old forest, which is sort of it's um it's described as being sort of like a lesser Fangorn, sort of a, a remnant of the great wood that used to spread across the whole of Middle Earth, and it's um it, it, it's kind of a kind of a grim place. It's dark and there's supposed to be paths, but they move around and the trees and the bushes and everything kind of just move a little bit to direct you where they want you to. Oh, fun. And so they basically get dragged way out of their way and sent down into the, the valley, which is kind of the heart of darkness for the woods. Uh-huh. And they get captured by Old Man Willow, which is basically just a tree that lulls them to sleep against it and then opens up crevices and they fall in. So like getting grabbed by that tree in the movie, in the extended version? Yeah, probably. Okay. Um... <laughs> And uh, and then Tom Bombadil rolls up and saves them. And he's sort of a nature spirit kind of thing. He's completely separate from the world and just sort of exists and has fun, roams around. Uh, the ring has no effect on him. Interesting. He puts it on. He does not turn invisible. Wow. Um, he can see Frodo when Frodo's wearing it. He's just not very interested in it. <laughs> um it makes a lot of sense to cut it from the movie just from the pacing reasons kind of to turn the whole scene from Hobbiton to Bree into more of a chase scene yeah. than just an extended journey. There's a lot of logistics of them trying to hack through brambles and <laughs> stuff like that that doesn't make a lot of sense for an exciting movie, Yeah, especially one that you're trying to keep under a reasonable four-hour runtime. Yeah. Um, but I think it makes a lot of sense in the context of the book because kind of the whole point of this is power and the temptation of power and the yeah. power of power. Mm-hmm. And Tom Bombadil is sort of the like the, the absoluteness of nature as a rejection of power. Yeah. And so it's uh, Tolkien has thought about this a lot where nature to him is sort of the absolute perfect, perfect thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and human civilization for all it's good is... Uh, fundamentally kind of a corrupting influence. Yeah. And so I think this is him sort of getting at a more profound point where he's like, okay, reject power, go back to nature. Yeah. Hippies. Yay! Why do you think they're always smoking their pipes? <laughs> uh, so that's uh, that's one of the two, I'd say, major omissions in terms of like out-and-out scenes. Um, there's a few other details changed. The other major change comes at the end where they completely don't include the chapter of the scouring of the shire that's something that's referenced in the movie isn't it where frodo's looking in that in the when they look in the mirror of galadriel they see a portent of the scouring of the shire right but it does not happen in any way shape or form in the movie 
Um, what do you know about Scouring of the Shire? Uh, don't orcs fucking raid the Shire and kill everyone or something? No. Saruman takes over the Shire. Oh. Because he's not dead. He's imprisoned in... Well, he didn't fall from a tower and land on a spike perfectly and then just kind of like wheel into the water. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, he's he's imprisoned in Orthanc after the Ents roll in and send the river down among them. And mm-hmm. uh, that scene's played very similarly. Um, the voice of Saruman scene, he rolls up and tries to persuade him um, as they, they come up and try to talk to him. And he says, no, I'm not coming down. I'm going to stay in my tower and hang out here with Grima mm-hmm. and do weird sex things. Did they? No. Okay. There's no sex in these books whatsoever. Okay, good. It's, it is it is very sort of high mythology feeling yeah. type stuff. I'm not getting into the... High mythology? You know, like Roman mythology where Zeus is fucking everyone? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no. Greek. <laughs> <laughs> Same difference. Um... So he and Grima just stay there, and Treebeard sets a guard on them. Mm. Uh, it's later revealed that they came out and they were so pitiful and made themselves so sad, and also Ents don't really care that much about human affairs. Yeah, They're just like, oh, okay, you look so sad. You all go on your way. Um, so there's sort of like actually hints and seeds planted all along, even early in Fellowship. Mm-hmm. In Bree, there's some kind of sketchy looking dudes that came up the south road from isengard yeah um that are starting to transport in stuff or spies do like so spying planning this for a while yeah he had his eye on the shire for a long time okay um but that's kind of his last refuge after he flees orthanc mm-hmm. and he sets up shop as sort of just a minor thug head honcho guy kind of running the show and so he enlists some hobbits to help him and has some um men that he brought with him some of his spies and helpers Mm -hmm. and he goes about cutting down trees and building walls and um ugly machinery stuff again tolkien's kind of nature versus technology thing and it's generally uglifying the shire yeah and uh, oppressing the people there's a lot of ridiculous rules and he he turns the people against each other a little bit yeah. he's enlisting them into his own you know what we should do paramilitary source what's that we should do that yeah the shire pretty much exists we should just like start planning the scouring of like new zealand like that yeah. like hobbiton let's just let's do it let's fucking burn that place you know what happens to saruman when he scours the shire does he get beheaded he gets stabbed in the back by grima oh so that still happens that does still happen cool yeah good which makes I'll be sense. Grima, you can be Saruman. Yeah, it's um, Frodo. Frodo actually turns him, but not in the way he means to. He's like, Grima, come on, be your own man, be free of him. He is nothing anymore. After they come in and depose him, which that's a really awesome scene. The way they do it in the book, just mm-hmm. or just the whole chapter. The the hobbits roll up, and they've kind of been the 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 side characters in all this, even though they're actually throwing the ring in the fire. Yeah, like Merry and Pippin. They're more baggage than helpers in all of the fighting and all of that. Um, And so... You mean Mary didn't stab the Witch King in the back? He does stab the Witch King in the back. So he did do something. Yeah. I mean, they they do stuff. They have have their own moments. So that's uh, that's Mary's moment. Pippin has a moment I'm going to talk about in just a moment um, that I really like. Uh, But 
they they come up and all of a sudden they're like the greatest warriors the Shire has ever seen. <laughs> and they just go tearing through these guys it's like such that they can do it with no casualties. Yeah. They can just take everyone down and rally the entire Shire to their cause. Nice. Um, they don't walk in all on horses and clean and well they do walk in on horses and all clean and everyone's like what is going on (laughs) (laughs) and so well i guess they i guess they do kill a few of the men but they kill as few hobbits as possible i think a couple probably just get killed but um minimal casualties and so they roll up and uh saruman and grima are holed up in bag end just trying to hold (laughs) on there of course um and they come out, and Frodo says to Frodo's agreement, I should actually, I could find the quote, because I have the book. Uh, Scouring of the Shire, that's the Grey Havens. Um, yep. Got it. Wormtongue, called Frodo. You need not follow him. I know of no evil you have done to me. You can have rest and food here for a while, until you are stronger and can go your own ways. Wormtongue halted and looked back at him, half prepared to stay. Saruman turned. No evil, he cackled. Oh no, even when he sneaks out at night, it is only to look at the stars. But I, but did I hear someone ask where poor Lotho is hiding? That's Lobelia Sackville Baggins' son. Oh. You know, don't you, Worm? Will you tell them? He ate him. Oh. Yeah. God damn it. Um, and basically it goes on and um, Saruman pushes him too far after he's been offered that hope Uh and so he stabs saruman flees gets shot by hobbit arrows despite frodo's protestations Uh um so that scene runs pretty similar uh except they come through and they clean up the shire and it's it's sort of they 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 do like a micro version of the what must be going on out in the world where they come in they clean up and they there's a whole bunch of time where they talk about just how they go about fixing all the problems and Mm -hmm. Sam goes around and plants some trees and they tear down like the giant ugly water or um yeah like water wheel mill thing and just just all the stuff that's clogging up their their great nice shire yeah and everything is good and everything is peaceful yeah and then they go to the gray havens and leave just like in the movies yeah um uh the other thing I wanted to mention that was kind of a not a major thing but sort of a major thing thematically is pippin's big moment um so they're captured by orcs and the orcs are kind of there's some infighting Mm -hmm. um and although it's it's driven more by just how do we deal tactically with the situation that we are surrounded by riders of rohan yeah uh and so they're it it makes a little more sense than hey should we eat these valuable hostages no they said don't eat it but i want Ah, looks like meat's back on the menu. What the fuck's a menu? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that line, interestingly, is verbatim in the book, but it's it? in Return of the King. Oh, no. Nice. <laughs> no, oh, it's not. It's oh, not. damn it. <laughs> um, I love that line. Yeah. Also, I love the voice as I did for the arcs. That was great. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, so Ugluk, who's the... Ugluk. Oh, they have names yeah Ugluk's the Ugluk's the leader of the urukai um he's generally kind of a level-headed um straightforward orc dude he's Uh he's in charge and he's he's good at being in charge um and he's he's one of the urukai he comes from saruman he follows saruman's orders yep and then there's grishnach 
who's one of Sauron's orcs because there's a yep. band of Mordor orcs working with them. Yep. And so they are kind of spearheading the different alternate points of view on yeah. um Ugluk says, nah, we're we're good. We can punch through these guys and get free. We just gotta get across the river. And Grishnak says, I can if I can sneak out, I can get a Nazgul down here to help us out. And mm-hmm. Ugluk says, Well then you're just gonna steal our hostages and take all the credit. Yeah. And that leads to a lot of the conflict. So the conflict's kind of going on, and Grishnok grabs Merry and Pippin because he knows that he thinks that they have an item of value, yeah. the ring. Right, yeah. So he grabs them and he drags them out. And Pippin is the one that kind of I, I should really find this one too. This oh, is a great man. scene. Um, he kind of should have bookmarked these. I if I had done any prep work, I was going to. <laughs> um, but he does it have something to do with him like stabbing him? He he tricks him. Um, let's see. He, well, he, he, like he goes full Gollum. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. So Grishnok gets him, and he says, "Well, my little ones, enjoying your nice rest or not? A little awkwardly placed, perhaps. Swords on whips on one side, and nasty spears on the other. Little people should not meddle in affairs that are too big for them." His fingers continued to grope. There was a light like a pale fire, but hot fire. There was a light like a pale but hot fire behind his eyes. The thought came suddenly into Pippin's mind as if caught direct from the urgent thought of his enemy. Grishnok knows about the ring. He's looking for it while Igluk is busy. He probably wants it for himself. Um, da, da, da. I don't think you'll find it that way, he whispered. It isn't easy to find. Grishnok, find it? His finger stopped crawling and gripped Pippin's shoulder. Find what? What are you talking about, little one? For a moment, Pippin was silent. Then suddenly in the darkness, he made a noise in his throat. Gollum, Gollum, <laughs> nothing, my precious. He added. <laughs> oh, Pippin. So he kind of he goes on to trick Grishnok into untying their legs, um, and then, well, he he tries to trick him into untying their legs, and he doesn't. He grabs them. He takes them outside of the the ring of the riders that are around them because uh-huh. they're kind of camped right on the edge of the forest, and the riders have surrounded them but are not moving in yet. Uh-huh. Um, and so he takes them out through the ring so they're free. And then he gets, Grishnok gets killed by one of the riders. Nice. So Pippin does a good job of working them out of that situation just by figuring so out what he wants. they don't go through Fangorn Forest. They do go through Fangorn Forest. They're outside the ring. They're right on the side of the forest. Okay. They sneak into the forest because Dawn comes and the riders attack, attack them. Yeah. And they're like, well, we're going to get caught in the battle or picked off by one side or the other if we stay out of the forest so they go into the forest and plot continues the pace from there good pippin yeah so it's kind of it's a good moment for pippin um there's some nice small moments that are skipped like uh gandalf facing down the witch king at the gates of minas tirith at the gates of minas tirith they do that That, well that happens in the extended edition doesn't it yeah but it's like really bad yeah (laughs) should it should be good okay um and it's it's quite good in the book um, Mary and Pippin are both kind of comic relief in the movies. Mary is much more of a serious, level-headed, straightforward character. Yeah. In the books, Pippin is a bit of a goofball. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, da, da, da. Anything else important and good? Um. Well, it's missing a very good speech. Yeah. Uh, of Gondor, <laughs> my brothers. I see the same fear in your eyes. It would take the heart of me. 
The day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship. But it is not this day. An hour of holes <laughs> and shattered shields when the age of men comes crashing down. But it is not this day. <laughs> this day we fight. <laughs> By all that you hold dear on this good earth, I bid you stand, men of the West. <laughs> I, I remember the one other major thing. Such a good speech. It's, it's a not ver- in that voice. No. but <laughs> It's a good speech. It wouldn't have made much sense in the book. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of Return of the King, though, one very major change is how the Army of the Dead is handled. Mm. So instead of just um, Legolas, Aragorn, Gimli, they have um, several of the Dunedain have showed up to help out. Uh-huh. And so they have quite a few of those guys, plus um, Elrond's sons, uh, Elodon and Elrohir, I believe. Okay. Uh, and they... So they know that um, there's the Black Fleet coming down the river mm-hmm. to um, also help attack Minas Tirith. Mm-hmm. And so they know they need to get there, and they need to get there quick. Yeah. And the only way to get to where the Black Fleet is before the Black Fleet gets to Minas Tirith is to cut through where cut through the paths of the dead, yeah. where the army of the dead is. And so they go in, and it's basically just big, dark, creepy tunnel, and Aragorn at one point takes out his sword and he's got the banner. The banner is actually very important in this because okay. it basically demonstrates his kingly lineage. Yeah. Um, and so he shows up and he says, I'm the king. Follow me. If you want your oath fulfilled and, uh, kind of walks right out. No dramatic pyramid of skulls, no army of the dead surrounding him. And they come out and they kind of, you can tell that they're following them, but it's much more ghostly. It's not a green glowing CGI yeah. army. It's, you can see that there's some shadows moving back there or yeah. something. Um, and he goes up and he meets with the, he meets with them and he's like, okay, so we need to get to these boats. We need your help. And so there's a whole bunch of fighting just kind of in the area because Gondor is at war. Yeah. Uh, and so the, the army of the dead kind of leads the push they don't even do any fighting. They may not even be capable of fighting. Mm-hmm. When the the way it's described later, I think it's Legolas says, "I'm not even sure if their swords would do anything. Yeah. They might just be corporeal ghosts." But they're terrifying. Yeah. And so when they show up, everyone that's fighting flees. Mm-hmm. When they get to the boats, they send out the army of the dead. The army of the dead scares the entire army, scares everyone that's on the boats into fleeing. Yeah. They're able to just commandeer the boats with and then he's uh basically rescued um oh what's his name imrahil uh prince of what's its place uh he lives kind of on the other end of gondor and he's a mighty warrior with many many soldiers and so he gathers aragorn gathers that force and loads them onto the now empty ships holds the oath fulfilled and imrahil and aragorn and the three hunters and the dunedain people they head off down to Minas Tirith. Okay. So it's like a it's a reinforcement and a, also like a spiritual help because Aragorn's here and he's the king and he's got his sword, but it's not a thirty seconds and it's over yeah. Deus Ex Machina and a win. Yeah. Um. I gotta say though, I, I do really like the conversation between him and the ghost king, fucking whatever. His yeah. Name is. That's such a cool conversation. It is. Where it's just like, hey, like Aragorn just strolls in. It's like. All right, fuckers. 
do what I say. Like, he just says that. He leads mm-hmm. with that. They're like, no! <laughs> and he's like, yes. They're like, what? Fucking, I'm gonna fucking kill you. And then he just, like, puts the sword on the guy's neck. <laughs> and, like, it touches his neck. And he's like, okay. <laughs> like, well, first of all, he's like, what? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like just the, the what? Yep. Um, cool conversation. But yeah, yeah. I, I think after that conversation, everything that involves the ghosts, I think it's pretty stupid. Yeah. Um, so I think, well, for one thing, it's just a plot point to get the necessary reinforcements down to Minas Tirith yeah. to help save the day. I do it's, like uh, Peter Jackson getting shot in the chest. Yes. That's always fun. good. Um, it's also a good moment because it's one of the first examples of Aragorn really accepting his kingship yeah because kind of this whole time especially in the books he's really pushing back against the idea of being the heir of isildur and Mm -hmm. taking the throne he's like i don't want it i'm gonna be bad i'm isildur's heir isildur is bad yeah i don't i don't want this and it's kind of gandalf the whole time pushing him to nope this is your destiny this is your duty you got to go do this and so him claiming his birthright of the throne of gondor with the sword and the banner and rallying the ghosts to his cause is it's a moment where he really comes into his own as king yes um and then his first moment as king in gondor is as a healer which i really like yes and they do that in the movies in the extended version okay yeah they do the um it's the halls of healing yes and he shows up and he does something and uh it's faramir i think Mm-hmm. I think he heals Faramir in the movie mm-hmm. in front of Eowyn. And then that th- that explains that scene that's cut out in the movie, uh-huh. the theatrical version. That's one of the re- that's one of the scenes that I think people need to see because sudden like in the in the theatrical version they Gondor and Rohan are fucking completely separate. Yeah. Until right at Battle of Pelennor Field. And then suddenly Eowyn and Faramir are married? Yeah. What? comes out of nowhere uh but that that kind of bridges that gap where it's like that's where they met and like they kind of and but uh it's really cool to see our uh Air, Air, aragorn doing something mm-hmm. yep yeah so he does he does heal faramir faramir first um and then he helps um eowyn and he helps um pippin mary pippin uh mary's the one that gets mary him. mary's the one that stabs yeah, the got, yeah and his arms like fucked up yeah so he helps those three and then He's like, well, I guess this is my job now. There's a like a sort of a stereotypical old wife with her old wives' tale, and she's yeah. like, hands of a king or hands of a healer. And he's like, well, I guess this is my job now. <laughs> <laughs> so he basically spends his, his first day in this city just going around healing as many people as he can. That's amazing. And it's it, it's it's a good scene because it's like it's very Aragorn. He's yeah. he's humble. He doesn't really want the king job. He wants to be the healer and that's that's one of his early scenes is him using the the king's foil to athlas to help heal frodo uh-huh. and so this is sort of a the the grand final version of that that he does he does yeah he, yeah that's yeah that's... It, it comes back it makes sense it's yeah. it's keeping in character with the Aragorn we know and love yep um yeah so that's good uh one minor thing he picks up the sword the sword is reforged before they leave rivendell originally oh, really? and he okay. just takes it with him then so there's not some weird smoke or uh wind out of nowhere with this 
out of content or out of like kind of theme with the movies just slow motion like mm-hmm. i don't like the slow motion it's pretty epic but it also just doesn't make sense among the rest of the movies yeah yeah um and that's part of just the whole they really play up the aragorn arwen romance in the movies mm-hmm. it's kind of it's implied like there's some scenes where you see them together uh-huh. and they seem very together uh-huh. in fellowship and then Basically, Arwen doesn't get mentioned until she shows up at the end of Return of the King. Yeah, there's no her crying and seeing a, a ghost baby Aragorn. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which that's yeah. interesting. Some of the goofiest mo- scenes of the movies are things that are original to the movies. Yeah, no, the books are very much. He's telling a mythology here, not yeah. a story, and so sure, there's a lot of humor. Yeah. Not a lot, but there's there's humor to him. Yeah. A lot of it's just sam's funny sort of salt of the earth comments on everything um but it is it is much more high-minded and high-spirited there's not a lot of not a lot of silliness not a lot of um goofiness yeah that's really the best way i can put it okay um yeah cool if you had to choose one thing that you would change from like, making the movies closer to the books, what would you do? What would you choose? I would love to see showering, scouring of the Shire. Okay. Showering of the Skyer. Showering of the Squire. It's a medieval themed softcore porn. What? No reaction? Really? Okay. All right. I'm just I'm moving on. I thought that was pretty good, but <laughs> God. Uh, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Uh I would love to see the scouring of the Shire. It would add an, like an a half hour mm-hmm. to an already pretty long movie. Yeah. Um so the way they did it makes sense for putting it on screen. Tom Bombadil I love wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to do him that way. I would have liked to see the ghosts executed more the way they are in the book. Okay. I think that makes the battle and makes Aragorn's appearance in the battle actually feel more epic. Yeah. It's not just, hey guys, I brought the cheat code. Yeah. It's, hey so guys, I'm, I'm here. I kind of, so it, the the guy, just that other guy that he got is like the super cool warrior guy that just has people and he's, he just got them. Yeah, he's like an important dude. Yeah, so I think that's that's really interesting that like rather than just he brought the ghosts because of his name, mm-hmm. he's bringing these guys. He has his name to get the ghosts, but he has himself which brought these people. That's a very good so point. It's, it's a it's an addition to his namesake, but also the fact that he's goddamn Aragorn yeah. and can inspire an entire fucking group of people that have never met him yeah. to just, just hop on some boats and let's go. Yeah. Here we go. I see he's th- the Jesus. Yeah. It it makes his, it makes the actual return of the actual King to Minas Tirith feel a lot more effective and a lot more just epic. Yeah. And it, I think it would have worked better. It would have made the um, it would have made the battle longer because they have to actually beat them on the field now instead yeah. of just ghost swarming everything. Yeah. But I I think that would have been a good moment for the Aragorn character. I wanted I would want them to keep the swarming of the elephant though, but they used the people. 
and all the people just collapse <laughs> on each other and just swarm the elephant. You go like World War Z zombie, just yeah. kind of pile up. It's a lot slower too, so the elephant's just like, "What the fuck are you doing?" It's not an elephant; it's an it's olifant, yeah, right. or a mumakil. Yep. I think mumakil might be plural. Mumak, yeah. Okay. Mumak is singular. Mumakil is plural. Mama kill. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, uh, is there anything else you wanted to touch? Ask if it was the same or different, or no? I'm uh, I'm disappointed that the speech wasn't in it because I love that speech so much. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm pretty much. That's I'm kind of at the balancing like the fact that thing there's things that i already know that are different mm-hmm. and i think we've covered them before and also we're at like two and a half hours but mm-hmm. my phone died so i don't know right um uh, i think that should pretty much do it we've uh, this was the one where we got a large chunk of it we'll touch on things here and there when we take tangents. yeah we'll fucking talk about like harry potter and suddenly spend 15 minutes talking about lord of the rings and something right. we covered on so right um yeah, I don't think that's. I think pretty much. Yeah, got it. I think we hit the big stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of little differences. I trying to prep for five minutes for this episode. I pulled up a a list that ended up being an exhaustive list of all of the differences, and yeah. it's like you just keep scrolling and yeah. just keep scrolling, and you get all the way to the bottom, and you realize that was fellowship. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so I was like, nah, and I found I found a list I liked, and post that list on. Uh... Yeah, I'll post. Facebook. I'll post a link to that. Yeah, um, that'd be a good one. It's it, it hits some important stuff. Yeah, but I think that's it. Shall we? No, well, we shall. Cool. Thanks everyone for listening to most mo- mostly me talk about the Lord of the Rings books and the translation of the movies. Yeah. Um, uh, you can find us on Facebook, as I said at the top of the show. Just just us losers. You know, you know how that works. Uh, we're on Twitter at Just Us Losers Pod. We're on Instagram where I'm going to remember to do the thing because you're going to remind me. You're going to remind me, and I'm going to remember. No. Am I going to remember? I'm probably going to forget. Uh, Instagram at Just Us Losers Pod. We have a Gmail, Just Us Losers Pod at gmail.com, where I want to see your quickest solution for getting from Lord of the Rings to Bionicle on Wikipedia. Yes. Um. Yep. No, not from Lord of the Rings. Uh, go from... Uh, it's probably not a page for Mumakil, but... Um, go from... Uh, l- l- uh, fucking, who's the guy that wrote them? <laughs> <laughs> J.R.R. Tolkien. Go from Tolkien. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it might be pronounced Tolkien. Tolkien? That's what I keep hearing. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah go from Tolkien to Bionicle. In the shortest, shortest or most interesting route possible. Yep. Um, trying to think of what an interesting inclusion in that whole thing could be. Um, Harry Potter. If you can work Harry Potter into there and keep it under, let's say, fifteen clicks. Oh, that's easy. Keep it under ten clicks. Oh, I know exactly how you can get. Lord of the Rings, other media, Legos. There's a Lord of the Rings Lego kit. Yeah. That's what I thought when we were doing Ford versus Ferrari. I'd go from Ferrari to well, that's a lot more appearances in pop culture. Yeah, probably. I'll try mine. I'll try one later. Okay. Uh, see if you can work Harry Potter in there. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this is kind of an easy one, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, do we know what we're talking about next week? 
Ooh. No, no, can't no, be. We've got something planned. My phone's dead and I can't find out. All right, we got something planned. I don't know what it is. Uh, so we'll be talking about something next week. Get Let us know on one of those mediums. If you're excited for us to talk about something, yeah. you're not. You're not excited for us to no talk about it. No one ever is. Uh, let's see. What are the... Uh, do I have anything else I'm supposed to say? Uh, don't, so. don't forget to tell a friend. I know, but I like to say it at the end, too. Okay. Really got to hammer it home. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 That was very Lord of the Ringsy though. Was it? Yeah, sort of. No, uh, nice little natural soundy thingy.